0: Hi there. Welcome to The Preventable, the podcast giving you a seat at the table with conversations about the intersection of alcohol, drugs, and mental health in everyday lives. Take a seat and join us. Welcome to The Preventable. With me today um, is a person who I've only met once before, but I think we have a lot in common. So I'm really excited about this. Uh, Alicia Jenkins is here and she's the assistant deputy at the Division of Community and Public Health for the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. How does that all fit on a business card, first of all?
1: I have no idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So in a nutshell, Alicia... From the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services, right? That works. There we go. Okay. So welcome to The Preventable. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Really appreciate it. As I say, pretty much every time, you know, we couldn't even be in this space if it weren't for Hubbard, who gives us this space and um, just allows us to be in here and have these kind of conversations that don't have to fit into a 15 or 30 second soundbite. So welcome.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you having me.
0: Uh, You've had a long day.
1: I have had a very busy day, but it's been a great day because I've been able to get out and visit some partner sites. And it's good to go into communities and see what folks are doing. And it helps you take it back to Jeff City, too.
0: So, okay, so you've just you've kind of opened up here a treasure trove of, of ways I could go. So, first of all, you're from Jeff City and that's where DHSS is like housed. Right. Because it's one of the Missouri government
1: departments. Yes, part of the executive branch, but we do have offices located throughout the state.
0: Okay. And so today you did partner visits, site visits, and you were just
1: kind of seeing
0: what's been going on, right?
1: Yeah, I, I was. You know, it's interesting when you have partners and you're providing funding, but to go in and actually see the work that's being done on the ground, I think that's very essential to understanding what they do and how they do it, do the work on our behalf for Missouri citizens. So it really is important. And so I had a great experience today.
0: Good. And you're capping it off here, which I think is important because now we get to really talk about what your department does. Because as we were just talking before we started recording, I mean it is really Cradle to grave. Birth, death, everything in between. And we are going to do some major geeking out on public health because I'm a public health nerd. I have my master's in public health. I think public health is paramount. Um, And you obviously have to believe in public health to do this work.
1: You know, I have been a public servant for over 27 years. Oh, okay. Okay. And so I spent a big part of my career with the Department of Social Services. And I kind of worked my way into public health. And public health is amazing. Public health has something for everybody. Yes, it does. Uh, And like you say, from cradle to grave, you can't function without a birth certificate. You know, you
0: need and that idea. Mo- and by the way, <laughs> most people don't know that's that's where you get your birth, that's where is you your get your birth certificate is your public health department. OK,
1: absolutely. And then you think about the work that we're doing with infant and maternal health. Absolutely. Um, it's huge. You know, we're working to ensure that women get the proper net prenatal care. Uh, that they need as well as tapped into other resources and services that are beneficial for them to have a positive pregnancy experience and making sure infants if at all possible are being born healthy yep Uh, so that's very important and then also thinking about the work we do around you know, chronic disease, community health and wellness, absolutely, environmental sanitation. Okay, so wait, hang
0: on. We're just gonna we're we're gonna take a pause here because you're describing a lot of things. So, at your local health department, right, which falls under the umbrella of DHSS, you get your birth and death certificates. You inspect restaurants and make sure that they're clean, yes. right? And you inspect daycares, child and care child facilities, care yes, facilities we do. and make sure that they are clean and doing what they're supposed to be doing. Absolutely, you do STI testing and prevention. Yes, correct? we do, and treatment and treatment. You do nutrition. Yes, we do. Sun safety. Yes, right? we do. Um, like, uh, avian flu pandemic preparedness. Like mosquito control. I mean, honestly. The list goes on and
1: on and on. Public health is community. I don't, I mean, that's how I look at public health. I mean, public health, we're about protecting health and keeping people safe. And that's it in a nutshell. I think one of the things that I feel like we are evolving into and and are striving for is to be better partners across the board, whether you're in an urban or rural area, Uh, We're also looking to expand how we engage with folks who are not our traditional partners Mm. uh, because, at the end of the day, the goal is to get people access to services where they are. Right. And sometimes that looks different. Uh, And it's not not everybody might feel
0: comfortable going into their local public health department office and getting xyz service that we just described yeah, right and
1: also public health is not a eight to five monday through friday thing <laughs> well
0: that's the truth
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so i think depending on the need it looks different mm. uh, but i think the beauty of what we do and what people don't know about is that we're engaging with partners at all different levels and you might not know that public health is an instrumental part department of you know, of health and senior services that you don't get it. I didn't even mention about division of regulation and licensure who goes into nursing homes oh, or yep. our division of senior and disability. So there're just so many new things that we do you know that have transitioned over from other departments, or just have expanded. You know, division of cannabis regulation. Uh, so that is yes something ma'am. that is brand new. So it's like we're in a lot of things. You're in a
0: lot of things, and and so let me just backtrack. So just to be clear for everyone, because some people might be like, "Well, why? What does this have to do with prevent ed? Why are you on the podcast?" Well, number one, public health includes uh, substance use prevention mm-hmm. and and services, and that that was actually. My first job when I went to a public health department is I was tasked with focused on focusing on the meth epidemic, and that was housed out of the public health department. But you all have now been tasked with holding on to the cannabis, the recreational, and the medical, right, and helping yes. – license the dispensaries and regulate that and i know tobacco prevention and cessation also comes out of y'all yes so there's a lot how many departments are how many like employees are there in missouri do you know in just your department
1: i don't know off the top of my head but at least over 1300 i I mean
0: and then how many counties
1: so there's 115 counties. And
0: each of them have their own public yeah. health department. Yeah, and
1: each does unique things. Does you their know? own thing. I think the one of the things that I would say about public health is that, you know, we're in everything. Mm. And the goal is to really just keep people safe and healthy. Uh, and there's different ways we go about doing that. It looks different in each community based on needs. Uh, I think, you know, one of the things for us is that, you know, we have, you know, the relationships that we have with our local public health agencies, uh, the role that and the relationships that we have, like with folks like the Missouri Hospital Association, Mm -hmm. Missouri Primary Care Association, uh, just other community-based organizations throughout, you know, the state helps us better serve, you know, folks where they need us the most, you know. I came into public health working with the hospital preparedness program. Mm. And so that was focused on emergency preparedness and response. And uh, for
0: like an avian flu or no, something like that, more or along just the
1: lines, making sure we have the infrastructure in place. So, oh, in the okay. event that there was uh, an earthquake, oh. uh, you know, again, that's centered around partnerships and relationships and making sure all the pieces and parts are in place so that if we need to move equipment, you know, we can respond, you know, whether it be addressing fatalities or just providing immediate medical support. We have those pieces and parts in place. So when people think about public health, it is everything, mm-hmm. you know. So we also focus on preparedness and response as well. You know, you don't think about those things until they actually happen. It's like oh, but yeah. somebody has to be prepared to do those things. We
0: would do. And this was so I started at a health department doing meth. Uh, well, am not doing meth. You know what I mean? Working in the meth meth prevention and how could we work with like the children's division because when they were removing kiddos from meth labs, which Mm -hmm. is what we called them in the early 2000s, those kiddos had been exposed. The first responders had been exposed. Well, then that sort of evolved into like avian flu preparedness and we would have these like mock drills, tabletop exercises, yes! full scale exercises. Yes! Yeah, those like, are awesome. Those are. I love so, them. Oh my god, those are so cool. They are great. Like they you, really you are. You know, you show up and it's like and it's go time and you're like taking over a high school gymnasium or something and we even have like hazmat suits and whatever. I mean, that stuff it's cool, but it also uh helps you get as prepared as you possibly can be for a major event. But you have to do those you role-playing things. You have to do things. them.
1: It, and I, I
0: loved it. I loved
1: everything awesome. about it. And I will tell you, one time I did do a tabletop exercise. And uh, it was on the New Magic Earthquake. Oh. And I am from I hope rural- my mom's not listening. She freaks out I know, every time I'm, she thinks about this earthquake. I'm from a rural community. Okay. And so... You gotta be prepared. Uh, Southeast Missouri, actually, yes. and it w- And going through the exercise, and you know, because we would speed forward, we have our injects. You know of what would happen next. I was like, you know, if this was real, I would have lost my entire family in the Boot Hill. Mm. You know, and that really gives perspective for what is so important and how you can get to people and having a plan in place in the event not if but when or if something happens and so again public health working with other department agencies making sure people can stand up get access to social services support making sure our state emergency preparedness folks are involved I mean there's so many different pieces that are moving all the time to really support the overall infrastructure of making sure Missourians have what they need on a daily basis
0: okay so I am not getting political I'm not. But my question is this. It's interesting to me since COVID, the last couple of years, public health has kind of become like a hot button term. People think of public health and they think that it means X or it is like some new field that has arisen out of, the you know, COVID. But it has been a part of our country's infrastructure for decades i mean even when we talk about like tb testing and i mean public health has been around this isn't something that was just created out of covid right but it's like now people are paying more attention or something i don't know you know i i think
1: again you know being able to communicate where we are and the things that we do a lot of people don't know all the different services that we offer Mm. or how we work with local partners, traditional and non-traditional to make those services available, you know. um, And so it's like, we don't always toot our own horn. I would agree with that. But if those pieces and parts weren't in place, people would miss them. And so I think with the leadership that we have, I think, you know, one, we're always focused on making sure we can. Be good stewards, Mm -hmm. provide quality services, but also making sure we are meeting local needs as best as we can. And it looks different. Yep. Depending on where you are, but, and being transparent. Uh, And I think that's the expectation that our leadership has for us. You know, we're focused on integrity, accountability, excellence. Those are just some of our values that I can name off the top of my head and really being a great partner. Yeah. 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 I
0: do think I was I honestly I was surprised when you agreed to come on the podcast, because I think that public health professionals, we don't do a very good job of tooting our own horn. And we're just kind of there like in the background, you know, I mean, and, you know, when you know, when we're not there. Right. Or, you know. Because there something happens, like a bunch of people get sick at a restaurant or somebody dies from eating oysters or whatever like and then and then the services come to light, but then that problem is mitigated or solved, and then it's like we kind of go back, you know, so I was so grateful that you came on because I think it's such a I don't know I just don't think it gets the attention it deserves yeah
1: it's a safety net really is what it is but it's it, but public health is all of us I think it that's is what that's we know um, oh, I love we this. remember is that I as a sister a mom community member uh yes. public servant I have a variety of roles that I go through on a daily basis that are supportive of public health uh and we don't have those conversations. Right. You know, and so. I mean, we're all
0: responsible for washing our hands. Thank Let's you. Let's just, exactly. those cover your cough signs. I mean, those have been in bathrooms since I was a kid. Okay. Like, we are all responsible for washing our hands. And they're basic
1: minimum health and safety. <laughs> yes. But we know that they work. Yes. Correct. And correct. And so those are the things that like, oh, oh yeah. So we imagine the number of people that we keep safe daily.
0: Yep. Yep. We're all in public health again. I, I just, it, public health is all of us. I mean, I'm, I think back to, I sat across, uh, like the cube uh, and the cube next to me was the epidemiologist who Mm -hmm. it was one of her responsibilities to call people who had a positive STI result to kind of have a conversation with them and to say like, you need to inform your partner, right? Like Mm -hmm. that at, Mid, at its most basic level is how we're all public health. If I have some sort of condition that I know is transmissible to other people, it's my responsibility, you know, if I'm going to protect the public health like it's I, I
1: own that. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, when we think about communities, mm. you know, we need healthy people, healthy adults, healthy children, healthy, inf- healthy infants, you know, what have healthy seniors. Yes. Um, that's how we thrive. Yep. You know, and we don't want to just survive. We want to thrive. Yeah. And part of that means, you know, being engaged in community, uh, having conversations with people who access our services and and having, you know, really understanding what it is that they need mm. and what's the best way to deliver it, you know. Um, the pandemic certainly encouraged us to be more creative in how we still not only address the pandemic but also went on with providing our traditional services that we always provided right you know because those just didn't stop and go away yep you know we still had to be able to do those things and how can you do multiple things at once it's kind of like with your kids you do what you have to do Mm -hmm. you know at the end of the day you want well communities and well families so we just make it happen
0: and you and the, the leadership, the the other leaders, have really been thinking creatively and outside the box. Um, so I'm wondering, obviously, you, all of your partnerships you just think are amazing. But I'm wondering if there's anything in particular that's, like, really getting you jazzed right now. Like, anything that you're, you all are doing, any partners that you all are having that are just, like, kind of getting you excited.
1: You know, I think with us, I think there's a lot of good things going on. Um, I want to shout out um, our Bureau of Vital Records. Yeah, they're going mm. through some modernization things. Uh, and that's going to be very helpful for Missourians. Uh, you know, again, you need proper identification to be able to go about living. <laughs> Right. Uh, True. Which is very important. Uh, I think our, I'm excited about what our surveillance team is going through because we're going through a data modernization process, and so we're enhancing some of our surveillance.
0: Okay, when people hear surveillance, they Surve- freak how, out. What, what does that mean? How we,
1: you know, gather information that is required to be reported to the department. Uh, C- could
0: you give an example? What would be something uh, that would be required to
1: be reported? Any communicable disease, hepatitis, yep. HIV, uh, you know... Monkeypox, new um, mm-hmm. TB—you okay. know those things that we track to make sure we can keep communities safe. Yep. Uh,
0: and so you're modernizing kind of how you collect have,
1: that. Well, or? we have an old system, data system, and so we're upgrading into a new platform. So cool. We're excited uh you know we have our WIC program is doing some amazing things uh as well I bet
0: people listening I bet you didn't know
1: WIC I I bet you
0: didn't know WIC came out of the DHSS department as
1: well and so uh yeah so really having those kind of conversations uh as well and then obviously you know prevent ed you know we do a lot of work around overdose prevention and response yes yes. Uh, I consider it you know an expanded area mm-hmm. uh for public health and uh it's ever evolving uh but we're excited uh you know we uh provide you know we partner with Department of Mental Health and Armstrong's uh Missouri Institute for Mental Health uh in passing out and making naloxone available for folks a lot of people don't even know that we're a partner with that but right <laughs> we are right uh very excited about that you've um, helped us
0: expand the nalox box project and make sure that the nalox boxes are available to community partners that want to be able to have narcan available all the yes. time that's so, been really great Well,
1: we're really excited about that um the other thing we we're going into our actual first year of having our harm reduction conference in person. Oh, okay. That is very exciting. I think they were close to being uh, full with registrations, but that's going to be August second and third here in St. Louis. Awesome. Uh, and so we're excited about that because that will be the first in person one we've ever had. Um, and so that's we're excited about that, and really having those conversations in places and spaces. Uh, With partners who are involved in overdose prevention and response as well as, you know, behavioral health and looking at how we can leverage and work together to address the need as it relates to opioids and overdoses in the state. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we can't do it by ourselves. Right. And so we all have a role. uh, And how can we do that to best meet the needs of citizens? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the most important thing. And so we're excited about that, Um, you know. our our executive cabinet, uh, everybody, you know, the expectation. And it's the right thing to do. We all partner across departments. um, And we're always having those conversations to figure out how we can do better. Mm -hmm. But we're also having those conversations with communities uh, and people who are doing the work at the local level. Because all things begin and end locally anyway. I think sometimes folks forget that. I think we forget that sometimes. But Mm -hmm. really, and, and engaging people who are interested in knowing what's going on. So we're always working to be a better communicator as a department. And, you know, and that's one of the things I would say a lot of our programs have done is invested in social and digital media has become a huge part of our infrastructure and what we do. We're running a fentanyl awareness campaign right now. We're running our RX awareness campaign right now. We're running a, a stigma campaign right now. As well, uh, to increase awareness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, one of the things about social and digital media, look at where we're sitting. It is expensive, but it helps us get information to places and spaces where we, if we drove around the whole state, we could not reach these people.
0: I know. I know. Yeah, I mean, you could literally drive around like an ice cream man with like a megaphone, and it still wouldn't really get as targeted as you can with some of these companies like you know, twenty sixty digital, we're sitting in their space, right? But like you can't they can target and, and it can be a little creepy if if you really stop and think about it, right? Because yeah. you could like go into the schnooks and leave and now there's like a geo fence that shows then you can type in like people who shop at Snooks and who buy this, this, and this. And now now you're getting pinged on your phone. It can be creepy, but it also is like a really cool way to deliver the message. Yeah. I mean, think about how far surveillance has come Mm -hmm. that you can know where, like, what people went to certain restaurants. Like, that's, that, again, it can be creepy if you're, like, a conspiracy theorist, for sure, and it can also be, like, an incredible tool to protect the public's health and to get messages to people who need them in a timely fashion. I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty incredible.
1: Well, and it's and I appreciate you mentioning that too, because one of the things that I feel like we as a department have tried to do and really are working on is like we do have our overdose, uh, fatal and non fatal dashboard that is available yep. to the public. Yep. Uh, that they can actually go out and take a look at to see, you know, what's going on in your community. And and really it's about creating access points to for situational awareness. Um We're going to do the same thing with our STI and our HIV and hepatitis uh, data as well. And it's aggregate, but Mm -hmm. at least you can see and know what's going on in your community. So as communities are also having these discussions on their own, they can go out and take a look and not have to wait or make a request and and kind of see what is trending. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're excited about that. Uh, Just being able to be transparent and be inclusive of yeah. working with traditional and new partners, but also talking to community members who are accessing the services um, or who are have family members or friends who are accessing the services about, you know, what would work, you know, what could we do better. Mm-hmm. And that creates, you know, we that's a vulnerability on our part, because uh, you don't, don't want to get fussed uh, at sometimes. I but know, I know. We have to be able to take it because we're here to serve. And um, You're,
0: We're public servants. We want to know how we can do better. We need to listen to community voice. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And creating that place and space for a community. You know, I always tell people, you know, the ex- people access our services, too, based on the experience. I say, so from the time a mm. person walks through the door, whether it be a local public health agency or or uh, FQHC, the person, how they are greeted by the receptionist. It makes such a difference. It makes a huge difference from the person who takes their vitals and to the the provider who gives them their consultation or Mm -hmm. sits down and visits with them. It's an experience. And when we think about how we want our own family members and friends to receive services, we want the best. Mm -hmm. And that's what we should be offering to anybody that accesses our services and walks through our door Hmm. and if it's not good enough for our own family members and friends then it's not good enough for those that we serve and we should all stand on that
0: yes that's awesome yes I concur you should just drop the mic and walk out after that but (laughs) but I think it's really true I mean customer serve there's customer service and then there is these are people who are coming in For either very mundane things that might not seem so mundane, I mean, to get a death certificate or a birth record, I mean, that can be really hard, especially if that's a hurdle, to get tested for an STI, to get a mammogram. I mean, some of these things are pretty intense. And even if they are mundane, it's making sure that you're treating every person with that respect and compassion that you would want you would want to receive. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And the experience. I mean, yeah people coming back. You right. go, think about where you go to eat or where you oh, shop. Yeah. You go where you like.
0: Exactly. You like you go where you like, you go where you're treated well, you go where it's clean. You go where it's you know, and if they remember your name or give you a smile, shoot, that's yeah. even better. Exactly. All right. So Missouri gets a bad rap sometimes. Okay. right. Like we get a bad rap for, you know, having these rates that are higher than the national average or whatever. Um, Are there things that you've seen really turn around like health outcomes? So, for example, I know that um, heart disease, we used to be really like high on the list for heart disease. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we have the lowest tobacco tax in the entire nation. So I'm just wondering, are there health outcomes that you've seen improve as a result of some of these interventions that you're describing?
1: I think what I would say is that we're all still transitioning out of the pandemic. Well, isn't that the truth? Uh, And I think there was a dynamic there that impacted a variety of places and spaces because providers were shifted to doing and focusing on other things. I think what I feel comfortable saying and what I know Mm -hmm. is that the expectation is that we be innovative and creative and figuring out what we need to do to move the needle so that we can improve our rankings. And that means doing things differently differently engaging people in places and spaces where we normally would not go uh, bringing on new partners and talking with community about what it is that they think they need along with using data sure uh, to better adjust resources uh, and engagement to work with communities to improve overall outcomes because it's all of us mm-hmm. and I think we noticed that during the pandemic it wasn't one, group of people it was all of us us, we all had a role from wearing masks to staying home to washing our hands uh making sure services were available people could get (laughs) food gas or whatever trucks kept moving i mean we all had a role Mm -hmm. and so i think when we talk about ownership and improving overall health outcomes i think the onus is on us to explain to the public And remind ourselves what our role is in getting us to being better. Yeah. Uh, I'm competitive. I don't like being last. No, I don't either.
0: I I am so competitive.
1: It's terrible. And I know we have a leadership who is dedicated to moving up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so when we have those conversations, it's like, okay, how can we make it better? What can we do to fix it? And we're having those conversations a lot more deeper in communities.
0: Yeah, um, because it's not just one department's job to fix it, right? Like, it's not. It We all have to think about the behaviors that we're engaging in, where we're consuming information, the choices that we're making, how we're actually building community. Are we innovating? Are we thinking about our own safety as well as the safety of other people around us? Like, it's not just y'all's
1: job, you know, it, it it's all of us you know it's like that shared ownership that shared responsibility that shared leadership you know it's different to do outreach and maybe do some consultation but to share that leadership role mm-hmm. that's where we're 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 striving to get I to I love that cuz then people are have investment you have investment and it's like you live here you know it's like it's good to breathe in and breathe out you breathe in and you breathe out and you see what's going on You know, and I always say, you know, the folks, like I said, I can say this because I've been in Jeff City a long time (laughs) and I've been in state government a long time. You have to get out and see what your partners are doing. Absolutely. You have to see how the communities that they're working in, you have to see where they're doing the work. It makes a difference when you're thinking about change and making decisions, because if you can't act on what you don't know and what you have not experienced, it's important.
0: I mean, we had a side visit from you all yesterday. We actually like those. It shows that you all like want to see what we're doing and want to help troubleshoot and want to figure out how you can help support us differently. I mean, the quite frankly, the funders that don't ever come and see
1: that's odd. And you know what? It gives you an opportunity to toot your own horn.
0: Yes, which is, I mean, that that should be <laughs> the right. title of this. Like, let's toot our own horns. You because, know, really, it but does. It, it does. I mean, and I can say that after you know the visit yesterday, there's a, there's a certain amount as well. That there should be um, nervousness, right? Because you wanna you wanna put forth your best effort, and you wanna you know make sure that you're reflecting on. Um, you know good on the agency but then afterwards when it goes well because when you're doing the work and you're good stewards like it's going to go well right oh absolutely so then afterwards it was a time for us to sit back and kind of celebrate right and be like hey good job team like way to have your files in order way to like put on a a, you know a, a nice presentation like it gives us time to reflect which we don't always get to do because you're sort of you know, nose forward and you're just, you want to fix and you want to support and you want to help and you want to improve. But this, it was a time for us to say like, okay, cool.
1: So we have an activity that we do at the end of the year. We usually do around a Christmas party. And so we put some post-its on the wall and we go back and we have people, we give them markers and we let them write down all the accomplishments that we had. I might have to steal this. I like this. During the year, because we don't, take the time to see all the different small, medium, and large projects that we complete Mm -hmm. on behalf of making the lives of Missouri citizens better. Right. But we do a lot. You do a lot. You know, and public service is not Monday through Friday, eight to five. You know, we're at community engagement events. We're taking phone calls. We're making sure people get linked to care, you know. And quickly and not having to wait and so if a provider is not available, it's getting them connected with another provider and engaging partners on how to problem solve at the local level, again so we can protect health and keep people safe. That's what we do.
0: Hmm. How long have you been in this in this current role? Not not even a year yet. So how'd you get here from children's services, you said, and then Honey,
1: just grace and mercy. Mm. (laughs) I'm going to leave it at that.
0: And hard work. (laughs) We're going to leave it at that. Alicia, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate this conversation about public health because I will tell you that when I, I knew, I went to, I thought I wanted to be a teacher. I don't know. I thought I wanted to be a lot of things. And I was doing classroom education and I knew that classroom education was not it for me. Uh But I literally Googled at the library because I did not really have access to the internet where I was living. This is how many years ago this was. But I um, googled, what is it called when you educate large groups of people? Uh And up came public health. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. And I think it's one of those fields that, as you've said, is so critical, but it is unknown, misunderstood, and people think it's, oh, well, they're in public health. No, we're like all in it. We're all in it, yeah. and it takes all of us to be committed to it to make sure that we are healthy.
1: It does, and I want to add one thing to that is that. So my I have a bachelor's in criminal justice with a minor in social work. Cool, okay. And a master's in administration. But I will tell you that public health is a hidden gem. Mm. And, and I'm very analytical to it, and I love messing with numbers and data. If I had known the pathway that public health has to offer in doing a variety of things because it speaks to my investigative skills. Yes, that's true. My writing, using data and helping people. You can do all of that in public health. So
0: communicating with people, doing presentations in front of groups, getting out in the community and helping and and so there's a ton of
1: pathways. And so I would say that if you are a person who has not considered public health or health care, uh, I'm putting in a plug. Uh-huh. Uh, there is some amazing things that you can do. And I tell you, you will not be bored.
0: No, you are not stuck behind a desk all day. <laughs> You're not just pushing papers. You actually like, and you get to see change and you
1: get to grow. Yes. Yes. You get to grow. And so, yeah. And so when we think about our public health workforce and where we are, Um, And what we're hoping to set up for the future, we need you.
0: Community (laughs) health worker. There's so many different paths.
1: Yeah, we need new epidemiologists. We need disease intervention specialists. We need nurses. You know, we need a lot of people. Uh, We need people for the lab, the state public health lab. People don't even probably realize we have a Missouri State Public Health Laboratory that does some phenomenal things. You know, so there's a lot going on to protecting health and keeping people safe. So if you are interested in jobs,
0: uh, dhss.mo.gov? Yes. All right. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here. I really, I, I sincerely appreciate you taking time out of your, what sounds like a very busy day to be here. And thank you again for the, um, I would say commitment that the department has on uh, substance use, whether that's cannabis, tobacco, um, opioids, like it, it means something. So thank you very much. And thank you guys for being a great partner. We appreciate it. You are welcome. If you have been liking what you've been hearing, if you too are a public health nerd, um, you can rate us, you can review us and the single most like, the, the thing that you could do that would make a huge difference is if you actually subscribe to the PreventEd podcast, uh, The Preventable, because that tells us that what we're doing is working and that allows you to, to give us some feedback and it allows you to make sure that you're getting the episodes each Wednesday. So consider rating, reviewing or subscribing. And Alicia, again, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for
1: having me. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for joining us at The Preventable, brought to you ad-free by PreventEd. PreventEd works to reduce or prevent the harms of alcohol and other drug use through education, intervention, and advocacy. Please visit their website at prevented.org. Like what you heard? Rate, review, and subscribe to stay up to date with what we are serving on The Preventable.